Welcome to Rainer's Radio, practical training for joint heirs with Christ, with your host, Diane Thomas. Good evening, and welcome to Rainer's Radio. This is Diane Thomas, your host. As usual, just take a minute, just focus in on what the Lord is speaking to you right now. Reminding you that this is all about your circumstances. This is all about your situation. He is for you. It's not about it. It's not a test. It's not a measure of your relationship. Your your relationship with God, your spiritual relationship, is finished. It's it's complete and entire. All your spiritual needs are met. Our problem is our soul and a little bit of our body, but mostly our soul. And our body very often is an element because we are so uninformed and misinterpreting about the relationship between our soul and our body. So very often, as we begin to learn about our soul, we're also going to learn about our body, our, our brain, our emotions our versus feelings, how our, for instance, how our body reacts to stress. And I'll say most, so many Christians have a stressful relationship with God. Think how, you know, upside down that is, that God is actually wanting us to learn how learn how to rest in him and accept that he loves us accept that he is meeting our needs accept that he's healing our wounds and we don't know how to accept those things from him we don't know how to accept unconditionally what he gives us unconditionally and that's not a surprise. We are have come to rely on ourself. The mask we wear, the image we see in the mirror, the substitute. We've been trying to get our solical, our God-given solical needs met without God. And we've done the best we can. That's, you know, God does not hold, he does not hold the situation you're in against you. He doesn't say you should have known better, you should have done better. This is exactly the things, the beliefs that he's raising to the surface, that he's making known to you and I, so we can observe and participate as he changes our beliefs. And this is where we need to accept that while you know our time here on this earth, there, this is the kind of work that we are set out to do. And if you think about what is so often, you know, categorized as Christian behavior, Christian activities, 
there are it revolves around you know attending church, donating, ministry, volunteering, uh, worshiping, you know, praying. There's a lot of activities that we can point to as being okay. This is Christian activity, and likewise, you know, we could easily say, what's not Christian activity? You know, we can those those are activities that we can clarify and write down in the list and go this is christian and this not this is not and yet that's not at all what god is concerned about now those things are you know and especially those things that we say are not christian there are things that we do to ourselves that are not good for us and it doesn't matter whether we're a christian or not a lot of behaviors it's not even about our relationship with god it's it's simply about what is good for us and what is bad for us and we'll we'll get to some of those things over time but really just for right now it's where are we putting our emphasis where are we how are we approaching the evaluation of how we're doing. And it's so often external things, behaviors. God knows where you are, the challenges he's put before you, the, you know, he you're you're here in this time and place because this is the best time for you to become one, spirit, soul and body. He's put you in this time he's put you in this family for a particular reason. He's put you in your socioeconomic stratus for a reason, for his reason. And you're benefiting, whether it's it's you know, if you look at it objectively, oh this is not a good situation. It's exactly what's necessary to accomplish your common goal. Your goal is common with God to become one spirit soul and body now god is the one who is making you one spirit soul and body you can't do it and that's part of our challenge because what does what is the whole point of our soul it's to control that's the strength and the weakness of our soul control there's a power and authority there there's Developing judgment, there's being able to determine, uh, you know, the values of different parts of our lives. There's so many great things about control. But when our control is distinct and separate from our spirit, our soul creates its own definition of reality. So your soul has created a fantasy and which is basically that's what yourself is it's created your soul has created an image of what it thinks will please god for instance it's created an image of how valuable itself is it, it, your own self so you've come up with your own idea about what you need to be and do to please god and that's part that's an aspect of yourself you've created an 
a concept of of who and what you are your your strengths and weaknesses and your value your uh, abilities your your consciousness how how you see yourself it's it's constructed it's not reality because god has your reality in yourself not in your soul not yourself so the process that he's looking for is that we no longer rely on ourselves but our spirit now yourself does not want to let go and i think this is part of why paul so often uses the uh example of warfare and weapons and armor because our self is the warfare is the true warfare now the scriptures you know have have used the word I've often used the word flesh, and I'm using the word self. It's the same thing. It's And I don't like using the word flesh because that seems to infer that it's an aspect of our physical being, but it's not. It's part of our, it's an aspect of our soulical being. It's the mirror image. It's, it's the mask the bad habits, the crutch that our soul has created to get through this in this lifetime without God. But we, but you and I, we have God. So we don't need the mask anymore. We don't need the mirror image. We don't need the crutch or the bad habits. So God is slowly removing those. He's doing it. But in that process, the changes that are made affect how we perceive ourselves, how we perceive our life. And when when we learn truth about who we are, who God is, who other people are, when we experience when we realize okay, we're, we've been believing a lie, for instance, about what Christianity is. When when God reveals how much he truly loves us, we have to work and battle to believe that. Your spirit is already experiencing that. Your spirit knows that as a fact. But your soul doesn't. Your soul doesn't have that experience of unconditional love, unconditional experience, being unconditionally valued as an individual. So it's a battle with not just your other supernatural enemies, you know, the the world system and the devil and his buddies. But the third one is your yourself, your lies, the lies you believe, the misperceptions. And that's the hardest. That's the hardest. The devil's already been overcome. The world system has already been overcome. Jesus did that when he died on the cross and then rose again. Your those enemies have been defeated. You and I now are simply learning how to, you know, just because they're defeated, that doesn't mean they've been removed from the battlefield. But your your weapons have already, you know, they're a defeated foe. But yourself is not. 
each one of us alone has to be involved in that warfare against ourselves. Now, that same warfare is waged against the devil and his buddies. That same warfare is waged against this world system. The world system consists of things like time and peer pressure and just basically how, you know, how, how the world works, you know, morality, um, developing good judgment. And we've talked about that before. We might do that again soon, discussing the world system, because that's not yourself. That's the, the environment that God has chosen for you to be born into. He didn't put you on this earth 100 years ago or 1,000 years ago or 10,000 years ago. He didn't put you on this earth 1,000 years from now. He put you here on this earth with, that, with this family, with this, you know, everything about your physically, everything about your soul for now. It's not because he needed you. He's, it's not because you have some special abilities that, you know, he's been keeping you on hold until, you know, things are a crisis and now he needs you to come in and save the day. No. It's all about you. And it, it's kind of weird to think that you're the most valuable to the world, your community, your family, others, the more you focus on your own relationship with God. You know, what's that, that term, navel-gazing? The more that nothing ever comes from navel-gazing. All you do is, is focus inward. And absolutely. Because by focusing inward, by experiencing the rest and the peace and the power and authority that God has already placed within you, that's... That's where, that's how God impacts the world through you. I love how in the scriptures, God used people to deliver his people, to change the course of history in favor of his people through unbelievers. And he still does that today. And I think one of the reasons is, is because we have a tendency to think that God needs us. Or even that we even understand him. That we get, okay, this is what God wants to do. I'm going to help him by doing this, this, and this. Isn't that so often why we want to know what the future is? You know, when when things are hard, we look to our, you know, so-called leaders to tell us, to comfort us, to encourage us, to let us know everything's fine, everything's good, just hang in there, this is what's going on, God has it all control, under control, and we think that, okay, so because they can, let's say, even see things in the future before they happen and say this is what's going to happen in this area, there, you know, even there's going to be an earthquake here or, you know, a, uh, you know, a drought here or this person's going to be, you know, exposed. And we go, okay, if they know that, if they see that happening 
and they say everything's under control. God's, you know, God's on His throne. Everything is going exactly according to plan. Then we'll be at peace, and then we'll hold on by the skin of our teeth, and we'll just get through this. The thing is, is God doesn't want you to just get through it, and He doesn't want you to have faith that He's in control based on what somebody else says. Now, it's not their fault. And this is where we have this interesting dynamic. Other, the, the abilities that we have in our soul are available to all of us, that they should all prophesy, for instance. But if they're available for all of us. And yet we look to others to do the work, for them to get their abilities working and then we benefit from it. You know, let's say we've got, you know, somebody in our family who's got a, a, a physical ailment. We will we'll look for where is there a healing meeting. And we, we take our person for somebody else to pray for them to get healed. Well, why not do it yourself? Why don't they do it themselves? Well, for one... We don't like giving up that control. Ignorance is bliss. We use ignorance. We, we use the whole concept that there are special people out there. They're going to do the work. Oh, yeah, and, of course, God's going to glorify them. Well, we don't need the glory. We just want to benefit from them. And very often God says, uh-uh. It's time for you to hear from me direct. It's, you, it's time for you to get your faith centered on me. It's time for you to get your ability to raise people from the dead active and working. Now, there's a lot of things about our abilities. In fact, I'm going to say 99% about our abilities, I don't know how they work. Fortunately, we don't have to. We don't have to understand how the, the ability to heal works. I think it's perfectly legitimate to do it by trial and error. Let's try this. Let's try that. You know, if you want to try oil, fine. If you want to, do, you know, send a handkerchief, fine. If you want to fast, fine. Try all the above and then let everybody else know this is my experience. This is how it worked. This is what didn't work. We're all in the same boat. Does, does God put people in our midst that don't have as much to do to have a particular ability working in their lives? I do believe that. Just as I believe that God has, has given special athletic abilities to certain people. Some athletes, you know, whether it's, you know, in, in, in ballet or a musician or, you know, uh, at the Olympics, you just go, that's, you know, it, you, you just stand in awe at what they can make their voice do, what they can make their body do. It's just awesome. It's just awe-inspiring. And one of the reasons it is so awe-inspiring is because most people can't do that. Even if they put in all the work, 
that that person has put in, the results won't be as spectacular as that person. Now, they'd certainly still be better than they are without doing the work. But I do believe that there are certain people who are specifically farther along, you know, gifted by God for his purpose, whatever that may be. And it's a wide variety of different things. Are, are some people smarter in the brain than others? Absolutely. Are some people more compassionate than others? Absolutely. Some people more disciplined than others. Absolutely. Conversely, are some people lazier? Are some people, you know, less disciplined, um, untalented? Yes, absolutely. That's the the vessel. That's the, the, the body and the soul that God has given each one of us. It has distinct characteristics. So we take those exceptional people and we set them to the side we don't use them as a way to say i don't have to put hard work in think back to you know several months ago when we were starting with has god put something on your heart has he has he put a desire in your heart for one of the one or more of the abilities that we've talked about. You know, everything from speaking in tongues to healing to raising the dead to seeing the future, anything that that's interesting to you. If if you are interested in it, that's from God. It's not going to come from your enemies. Let's say you have a desire to, you know, let's go for miracles. You have a desire to do miracles. You've read in the, in the scriptures about what miracles Jesus did, what miracles the disciples did, casting out devils, for instance. And you've read about miracles happening in other parts of the world, and you go, I want that. I want to be able to do that. God says, yes, let's work on that. Let's do that. And when you give God an inch... He takes a mile. You give him five seconds of your time, and he, he like, expands it, you know, so many times over. Unfortunately, we give up. We don't want, you know, we don't wait for results. We don't do it consistency. We don't give up the things that are necessary, you know, the control, ourselves. We don't. Uh, give up the lies that we're believing to make room for the truth. If God starts telling you, you can do miracles, and encouraging you, you can do miracles, and he starts, say you're out and about, and he starts tapping you on the shoulder or drawing you to a situation, and he says, go, you know, speak to this person and speak life to them. And you go, I don't know what that means. And you just go over to that person and you say, God just told me to come over and speak life to you. How, you know, how can I do that? How, what, what do you need? And you, you de- or maybe you just ask, can I put my hand on your shoulder? Or can we just hold hands? Do you mind if I do that? How many of us 
would balk at that. No, that's not that they're going to, you know, they're going to think I'm crazy. They're going to call the police on me. I'm going to look like a fool. Nothing's going to happen. So those are the lies we believe. Those are the things we need to overcome because the the validity of the exercise is not in something happening. It's on did you overcome the lies? Did you were you true to the truth that it was speaking to you? And here's here's what's really weird is let's just pretend that it wasn't God. That you made it up. Now it wouldn't it wouldn't be your enemies. It wouldn't be the devil. The devil was never going to encourage you to help someone, to speak life into someone's life. Your the world system is never going to encourage you to speak life into somebody's life. So who's left? It's either God or yourself. Your control buttons, your control, you know, your crutch, your bad habits. You know, your your crutch is going to say, "Oh, you know, we're gonna we're gonna fail. We're gonna say the wrong thing, and it's going to rob them of their healing." For instance. So the outcome, the results, is not whether that person even responds well. They, you may go up and, you, and they might say, get away from me, crazy person. You're a winner. Because you, you moved, you acted, you towards the truth. Even if... You, what you believed you heard from God wasn't as clear as it could have been. We're, and that's part of it. We're in the process. How do you know? How do you know it's from God? By experience. You, it's trial and error. You know, and here's one of the weird things that's going to happen. You're going to hear God tell you, go do this. And, uh, you know, he's even going to say, bless this and curse that. And especially as you start getting into the supernatural, he's going to say, strengthen that stronghold and curse that stronghold. And you're going to say, God, but they're both strongholds. Shouldn't all strongholds fall? And he's going to say, bless that, you know, speak life to that stronghold and curse that stronghold. And you're going to resist. You're going to say, no, that, you know, that's the devil. I'm going to, I curse you. I turn you away from me. And then you're going to find out later, no, that was God. We, we misunderstand because we misunderstand God. We misunderstand his instruction because we're using our own mind, our own brain to interpret, to evaluate, to judge what we're hearing. And how do you learn the voice of God? By experience. Now, I can assure you that once you start saying, that's what I want to do, I'm excited about that, the opportunities are going to come. They're going to come far more frequently even than you want. You're going to be standing in the grocery line. You're going to be driving, and a car is going to pull up next to you, and you're just going to say, hey, roll down your window, and you're going to have a word for that person. And then the, the light's going to turn green, and you're just going to drive away. And you're not going to know even whether he heard you or not. So what? That wasn't what's important. I mean, certainly we want to be faithful and 
and love people and have that you know again what is the nature of god the nature of god is is love and the we the way we partake in that is we give god gives unconditionally we give unconditionally so we are always looking for opportunity you know according to you know what god chooses for us at any given time to share with, with others what god has shared with us but that's not the that's not the work the work is hearing from him and acting on it. Believing that the abilities, that you already have the ability. You already have the ability to raise the dead. You already have the ability to change people's lives. It's not something that you need to ask God for. You know, when you wake up in the morning, you don't ask him to give you legs to get out of bed. You have them. And you know they work because you've been using them. Now, still, you may stumble as you fall down the stairs. You know, you know, you may trip on your sidewalk going out to get in your car. Do you say, well, I'm not using these legs anymore. They're faulty. They're defective. No, you go, okay, I tripped. And then you just keep going on your way and you get in your car and you go to work. About your experience. And, yes, we absolutely need to encourage each other more. And, and I'm thinking about ways, the best ways to do that. But our faith needs to be in God's desire for us to live and move and have our being in him and not in the power of our soul. Not faith in ourselves, what we believe, or what we've been taught even. So please be encouraged and take care of some opportunities, even this coming week, to, to be open to whatever God brings to your attention, act on it. And learn from that. Don't worry about the outcome. So we will be getting back together again the same time next week. Feel free to drop me a line at diane at therainersclub.org or use the, uh, through Blog Talk Radio, or use the contact form on the website. Until next week, thanks for tuning in. This has been Diane Thomas of Rainers Radio. Have a great night.